and welcome to the latest episode of International House of Combat. Kelly Nelson here, and I'm joined by my ever-faithful travel companion, Steve Willey. How are you doing this week, Steve? Doing great. Uh, excited to, you know, life's getting uh, back to normal, getting back to work, and I still need to have some wrestling in my life to, to make it feel normal. That's my... <laughs> <laughs> kind of like my anchor at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, in a lot of ways, me too. Uh, of course, for me, especially the the old school wrestling, I've, I've hardly watched mm-hmm. anything uh, um, of current wrestling since the, the pandemic hit. And I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. But we got, yeah, tons of countries to explore, tons of interesting wrestlers to explore. And today we're going to go back to a country we visited briefly on the very first episode. And that is the country of England. And we're going to look at a couple matches from the 1970s in England. And this is, of course, World of Sport. The, uh, that's the name, sort of the catch-all name for British wrestling from like the 50s through the 80s. Um, the name, the World of Sport, was the name of a TV show in England that featured all kinds of sports, hence the name. It wasn't just wrestling, but wrestling at various points was heavily featured on the show. It was very popular from the 50s, 60s, 70s, early 80s, still very popular. And then it was sort of a very um, sharp decline as the 80s progressed. And by the end of the 80s, uh, it was cancelled, it wasn't on, it wasn't featured on TV anymore, and at the same time, the WWF uh, came in and, and basically, in a way, replaced world native English wrestling with uh, the WWF, and the WWF then experienced quite a uh, popular run in England, late 80s, early 90s. But today, yeah, we'll be looking at the golden era, basically... Um, from what I gather, and I'm no expert on the history of English wrestling, the 60s was kind of the peak, I think. Mm-hmm. And then the 70s, um, as far as like the peaks of um, English wrestling, the 70s was kind of a valley. It was still popular, but not as big as it would be or had been in the 60s. And then it would re- have a second major peak at the beginning of the 80s late 70s, early 80s, when uh, Big Daddy became a phenomenon in England as, as the top guy. And so today, yeah, we're going to that valley period where the popularity may have not have been um, as great as it was, but the workers, the performers that uh, wrestled at that time were you know, top quality. Um, I've mentioned pro wrestling only, the message board, P- PWO, numerous times and that's like where I learned about world of sport learned about this era the 1970s there's one poster in particular I've mentioned him numerous times I think already Otani's jacket who's an expert on English wrestling from this era and he's written tons and tons about um, all the different wrestlers and all the great matches so that's where I first got into it and that's a great resource for anybody who's uh, interested in world of sport or English wrestling, definitely check out um, PWO, Pro Wrestling Only, and you'll find different threads there on it. 
But the, you know, the most um, immediate inspiration for today's show was a playlist that Steve found put together by none other than Chris Hero, who, of course, is a great professional wrestler and who has a great appreciation for all kinds of different styles and then obviously of the, um, the classic British style. Why don't you tell us a bit about this playlist, Steve, and, and Chris Hero and all that? Yeah, well, after, after Chris Hero got let go by WWE recently, he's kind of gone to this uh, persona of the wrestling genius. I think he might have done this in NXT UK, but it's, you know, just like your lack of current wrestling watching, yeah. that is something I never was able to get into. So it was stuff I found just on, on Reddit. I was actually just looking at his pro wrestling t-shirts and like seeing it, like, oh, I wonder if he's going to get picked up anywhere. And then just Google and be down this little rabbit hole of uh, stuff he was doing on Reddit where he did like a, an AMA about some of his Noah matches, I believe. So he would put up a mm. couple of his matches and then a- answer questions on it. And then in that, he's like, oh yeah, I put up this playlist of little known world of sports matches that I, you know, basically the same stuff that we do, like going through yeah. YouTube and trying to find lost footage. And most of them are matches that either have wrestlers that we don't really know that well or lesser known matches of the more famous British wrestlers. And you mentioned that, you know, this part of the seventies was probably a Valley. And that's what's interesting because we sometimes, I think not you and me, but like in general fans write off like, Oh, this period of time, say like WCW 2000, 1999 Mm -hmm. or 2000, 2001. Like this is terrible time in wrestling. It's an awful show. It's an awful program. Well, it doesn't mean there's not gems in there. It doesn't mean Mm -hmm. there's not good matches. It's not all or nothing. Mm -hmm. And so just because we're having a, you know, this might be a Valley. Yeah. Even looking at the still of the first match we're going to watch, it doesn't very, doesn't look very crowded in this match. Mm. Um, I've got about eight rows going up and all the seats aren't taken, but right. doesn't mean there's not something, you know, great to see, or if, even if it's not great, just interesting to watch. Oh yeah. Uh, that's for sure. And it seems like, well, like there's next to no footage of the sixties, you know, firstly. <laughs> so that's why, that you know we're not looking at that like a peak era and the 80s like i said it 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 started off hot but then kind of trails off but yeah the majority of the footage out there today i would be from the 70s and it's thanks to i think in in england in britain it was the uh there was a wrestling channel at one point like a cable station in england that was exclusively, yeah, just aired wrestling on it. And I think that's where a lot of this footage, if not most of it, is 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 from. And that was around, I think it was like in between 2000, 2010, probably not even that long of a period mm-hmm. where it aired. And there was also, uh, I think it was a, some sort of men's channel or something too, that were kind of related. Anyway, that's where all this footage is from. It's much like all Japan classics um, in Japan where that's been airing or that used to air um, all the classic footage from the 70s, 80s. That's how you know we have access to that and that's how um, we have access to this uh, English stuff because otherwise it would, you know, 
it it wouldn't have been recorded in the 70s and there was maybe some recorded beginning in the early 80s but otherwise yeah it was thanks to this cable channel about 15 years ago or so that aired a ton of this stuff um because yeah there's a lot available you go on youtube there's just tons it, it never gets taken down it's been on there there's been videos on youtube of uh world of sport wrestling from you know nearly the beginning near the beginning of youtube itself so it's been it's easily readily available but today the matches we're going to look at yeah like i said uh from the 70s period but also we're going to look at some you know sort of lesser known stars from that time and yeah uh like uh some of these names i'm aware of just from pro wrestling only the message board but i i i'm pretty sure i haven't seen them the first match is a tag with johnny saint and steve best on one side and johnny saint is definitely one of the more well-known english wrestlers from the past he's kind of a gateway drug for a lot of people into world of sport he wrestled a very you know fast-paced you know light heavyweight style that became very popular later on and is still popular today and and transfers very easily to uh, a lot of today's wrestling and he's also the what is he the on-screen commissioner of nxt uk um correct yeah i believe he still is even though they haven't uh filmed any new nxt uk episodes since the pandemic hit but i believe he was still um doing that on screen character yeah the general manager general man yeah basically yeah the the william regal of uh of nxt uk and of course william regal uh started in england and, and was you can see you can find um matches of of a uh, young william regal uh from england from the world of sport era they're out there um so yeah johnny saint and he's often you know uh, praised by a lot of um, modern wrestlers who have got into world of sport as a major influence and he even was wrestling still not too long ago in um i know he did the chikira trios tournament at least once he came back yeah he, yeah he came out for that it's a very um i would i would say infamous match because they had one of the trios was i'm going off of memory here so i don't it was like 08 09 somewhere around there when, mm-hmm. when chikara was really hot yeah and they had like daniel danielson um cesaro when he was claudio castagnoli yeah and there's another british wrestler that they tagged with and it was against like the what they called like the three generations of jacara like johnny saint who influenced skydive or uh, rivera and then quackenbush mm. they were like because like that's where quackenbush got a lot of jacara from was like a combination of that um rivera style uh lucha and then the world of sport especially with like johnny satan Mm-hmm. Um, Johnny Kidd. I think it was Dave Taylor. I was going to say Bobby Eaton at first because <laughs> I was thinking of the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but it was uh, Dave yeah. Taylor was involved in that. Yeah. That's no. some really fun stuff. Oh, okay. See, I've never seen it. I'm just aware of it. Um, but yeah, Dave Taylor, that sounds, sounds right. Um, so yeah, he's kind of, you know, kept going over the years. 
And the other three men in this match, uh, Saints partner Steve Best, I've, I know nothing about. I did a, a cursory Google search of the name and, and couldn't really come up with anything. So we'll see um, what he's all about. And the team they're going against, I love the name, the Barons. Um, <laughs> they never did this in the States with Baron Sakluna and Baron Von Raschke tagging together. They, that was a missed opportunity. Um, here, though, it's the English, the Barons. This is um, Ian Gilmore and Jeff Kay. And those are two names that don't ring a bell at all for me. And much like Steve Best, when I looked online, I couldn't really turn up much of anything. So Correct. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, same for you, hey? So, yeah, yeah. This, this is, yeah. Today we're going to be looking at guys, I think of all the wrestling we've watched so far, this is maybe the most unfamiliar we are with the participants. And we're going to start with the tag. Tag wrestling, when you, I mean, at least for me, when I think of World of Sport Wrestling, I think mostly singles. Most of the pimped matches over the years, almost all the, the heavily pimped matches are singles matches. And, but that's not to say tag team wrestling wasn't a f- main feature of uh, English wrestling. I remember making the claim years ago on a, on a podcast, it was a Titans Extra, where we looked at part of uh, Stephen Graham and myself, we looked at uh, World of Sport, and I made the claim that tag wrestling wasn't really a big deal in England, and I was quickly corrected by Otani's jacket on PWO that uh, tag wrestling was, you know, maybe not as heavily featured as in North America, but it was definitely uh, something that was uh, a part of most cards at the time. And so, I mean, the, the rules are usually the round system, although sometimes it's just one fall to a finish. So I'm not sure what we're going to get here with the tag. It's a 22-minute long video, so it's a decent length. So this should be fun. Johnny Saint and Steve Best versus the Barons. And we'll do the three, two, one countdown and we'll go on go. Three, two, one, go. Okay. And now I do want to back you up here on your assertion about the tag team. Okay. Because I'm looking at Otani's jacket recommended playlist. Yeah. Uh, for beginners kind of British wrestling and out of about 80 to 90 matches, there's only eight tag team matches. Yeah. See, that's so why take that, Otani's that, jacket. <laughs> that's basically what I based my claim on all those years ago is that, well, it seems like it's all singles wrestling. So therefore tags mustn't have been very popular, but it speaks more to um, Otani's jacket's taste that he's much more into singles and much uh, right. Otani's jacket is very, heavy into um, mat work, um, traditional wrestling, traditional grappling that basically you rarely ever see uh, in North America and haven't for years. So he mostly focuses on, um, for years he focused on, of course, World of Sport. Then he focused on like 1950s wrestling, which had a lot of mat work in it. And then now he's kind of going through a German phase, but also a French phase. Um, He... That that uh, French footage we watched also in the first episode, he um, he's gone through a ton of it. I'll, uh, like I think he's on a mission to watch everything, and maybe is coming close 
to the end. Um, that's wow. the, yeah, his current obsession on PWO. And then also, like I said, a bit of German too that he's been into. So Saints and Best are the elites. I saw that um, flash up on the screen. So they have a name too. <laughs> Elite. <laughs> yeah. Elite. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> the, this like Saint being so influential, he also influenced the Young Bucks in their uh, choice of uh, name later on. Or the Young I wouldn't Bucks be surprised. Omega. I wouldn't be surprised actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then so, the Barons. Yeah, the Barons. So the Barons are in blue and the Elites are in black and it's Johnny Saint in the ring to begin for the Elites. And I, I'm sorry, I have no idea which one of the Barons is in the ring right now. Um, with the volume up, we may have been able to uh, to uh, figure out which is which, but uh, this may be a total mystery. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to discern myself. <laughs> yeah, and I only know because I've seen Johnny Saint, like I said, half a dozen or more times over the years, so I recognize him. And yeah, we're going to get some, you're going to see some pretty nifty old stuff that, you know, you never see these days and, and stuff that's clearly, you know, ahead of its time and still would fit in great today on, on um, a lot of wrestling cards. This is Gilmore in the ring right now. Okay, good. Feels like he should be a Pink Floyd member. <laughs> Whenever I think of Gilmore, the surname Gilmore, I think of the hockey player, the hockey player from the 80s and 90s, Doug Gilmore, who played. Oh, Doug Gilmore, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he played for my uh, beloved Calgary Flames for a few seasons, but played for a bunch of other teams too. And this is from I mean, incredible. Had, yeah, a ton of different halls where they would wrestle at throughout England. I don't know the exact location. And yeah, usually they would hold up to, you know, a few thousand at most, and then sometimes a lot less. And just the whole look, like the first time I watched a World of Sport match, immediately from like the first seconds of the video playing, I was like, oh. This feels like home. Like I just love the look, the atmosphere, just the the way the crowd, everyone's in suits, uh, mostly older people. Um, the ring announcer, the commentary by uh, Kent Walton, which is, he's one of my favorite announcers, favorite commentators. Just everything immediately, I like fell in love with it. It just totally, you know, speaks to me. The announcer establishing that Kay, who's in the ring right now for the Barons, is a, an expert of getting out of throws. <laughs> so you see, like, the cartwheels and the handsprings. Yeah, I should turn up the volume. <laughs> Can't even throw him to the rope. <laughs> uh, look at all these high spots, Kelly. <laughs> Flips and... Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, this it's oh, crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. These guys much. don't know how to work. <laughs> it's crazy how, you know, innovative they were and how this would eventually spread 
uh, into Japan, basically, and then become, you know, world famous eventually this style. They're so um, lean. Mm-hmm. Like these guys are not big, oh, either no. height or weight wise. No. Like Saints' arms are, uh, they look like distance runners, is what they look like. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, Saints. Yeah, it looks like a marathon runner. Um, that's another thing with the most highly praised World of Sport matches is it's mostly lightweight guys, lighter weight guys, um, and the heavyweights. There's, I mean, there's. Um, a lot of people that are fans of the heavyweights. And in fact, we're going to watch a match. The next match will be a heavyweight match, but the heavyweights are far less talked about than the uh, lighter weight guys. There was all kinds of different weight classes too. It was really complex, Um, much like boxing, basically weight classes or MMA now. Yeah. And the uh, head scissors are famous Johnny Saint hold. <laughs> oh yeah, they could they're so entertaining with the way they work holds in these matches. <laughs> like small things, like there should be I'm sure there's a reason why they do it. Like Saint had his elbows up around his head, like almost in a sit-up position. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have that head scissors on. It's like, okay, there's there's probably a point to that. I can't figure it out. But... Yeah. No, I don't know either. And the referee, dressed all in black, looks like a very serious individual. Let's see. Yeah, this guy's keeps getting stuck and he keeps getting out. Very clean match, no real face or heels. Not yet. The Barons definitely, and I think we'll see this as the match progresses, they'll get more and more heelish. But, I mean, there's some guys in the history of older sport that were pretty, you know, outright heels like in the north american sense but a lot of the time it was just subtle stuff more like a like a touring nwa champion style but not outright cheating or using foreign objects or any of that silly stuff What if there'd be a market for something like this today? I know they, they tried to re-up World of Sport, but that was more light heavyweight women. It was just for people who happened to be British. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there was no, as far as I know, there was no resemblance to the classic style. It was just their attempt at, and it was, it was the same channel, I guess, ITV in England mm-hmm. that, that carried wrestling for years, the World of Sports show. And they they brought it back because they owned the name and all that. But yeah, it was just them trying to cash in on 
like a, a resurgence in popularity of wrestling in England. And, and it's funny because it, it sort of set things in motion where that, that the uh, world of sport getting on TV um, in England, ITV sort of uh, led to the WWE coming in and wanting to start their own promotion, NXT UK, because they were going to compete with this uh, world of sport promotion. Cause you know, ITV is a major channel in, in England. It's, it's, a, it's a huge station, the equivalent of a network station in America. And so Vince was a little concerned that he may be losing a, a foothold in England. So that started NXT UK. And of course the world of sports show ended up lasting like what one season, if you want to call it that or 12 episodes or something. It, it totally bombed. Like the ratings were abysmal. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, it was like yeah. two months, I think. Yeah. And they were, it took forever to actually air. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. There was a bunch of like false starts. And, but anyway, the, you know, this, the, the um, events had already went into motion and WWE started NXT UK. But by the time NXT UK had launched, I think uh, the World of Sports show was already long in the rear, past in the rear view mirror. And then a lot of people have blamed NXT UK for kind of, you know, um, putting an end to the the resurgence in, in the popularity of wrestling in England. Like they, they had a great indie boom and um, WWE sort of scorched the earth a bit and signed a lot of top talents. And anyway, it's been looked at as a negative, overall negative yeah. um, development. And uh, it's affected because now the before the pandemic hit, uh, wrestling, indie wrestling in England had, had sort of crashed or was declining greatly from its peak. And yeah, and now with the pandemic and yeah, the whole thing is kind of just totally falling apart, unfortunately. Well, yeah, and the, the big issue for even those signed by UK is the NXT UK is that there's not really any place left for them to wrestle because yeah. they're only doing these tapings and they're signed mm-hmm. so they can't do yeah. outside dates. And so, yeah, like progress kind of got swept up by them and mm-hmm. they took a nice payoff up top. And you know, it's, uh, is it OTT that over the top does pretty well, but they're more Ireland based. Yeah. They're like, yeah, almost like exclusively Ireland. Um, yeah. No, it's it's it sucks. But anyway, back to the seventies. This match has been. <laughs> I know. I I I, I back knew, to the seventies. <laughs> as I was uh, talking, I kind of knew as I go. I'm sidetracking this on a tangent that probably was unnecessary. But uh, this match has been wrestled at a pretty fast clip, as I thought it would be. I think. I don't know. And this is yeah. We're getting the the English style of counting by the referee where they don't even go down on the mat. They just count it, you know, um, vocally. So that was a pinfall. Yeah. It's best out of three. I heard it at the beginning. Okay. So yeah. We'll get uh, at least one more fall. Ladies and gentlemen, in 10 minutes, 55 seconds, we're going to play Morning Prince, the first 
<laughs> yeah, a little bit of cheers for them. Yeah. Love the corn. Love the corner man. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> totally. I mean, it was a total, you know, real sport presentation, even more so than anything really in North America. Oh, well, outside of maybe the fifties and, and earlier. But um, once you got to the 60s, that sort of faded. There was, of course, some territories that were heavy into the the sport side of things, but it didn't really go as far as to having the, the cornermen so much and the toweling off. Of course, the, the round system and, and all that is uh, unique to England. It's a pretty big move. <laughs> yeah. I remember seeing Malenko do that, you know, Going from an airplane spin position over to a gut buster. Jumping knee looks very mm-hmm. goofy, <laughs> but in an actual fight would be really effective. Yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even sure the exact year of this match. Um, Maybe. 72. Is it 72? Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Great commentary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, they're happening here. The English crowd is almost like a Japanese crowd, very respectful and quiet. Oh, kicked over the top. I couldn't imagine because this is like a you know baseball. You mm-hmm. see like the old baseball mm-hmm. footage of the fans all wearing right. suits and yeah. and some of them would come from businesses, but I couldn't mm-hmm. imagine going. Anyone going to a wrestling dressed in a suit? No, no, no. just how it was. It was night on the town, sort of deal. Is that lady in the bottom right corner even wearing like a a fur hat of some sort? Mm -hmm. Well, and also they knew they were going to be on TV, so that I'm sure influenced the the choice in uh, clothing for a lot of people wanting to look their best. Because we're going to be on the telly, you know. That us, we're all a bunch of slobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's funny, when I was in high school, we went to shows, local shows. It's called Rocky Mountain Wrestling. What we're going to mm-hmm. have a pin. And they, of all, we went, I don't know how many times, probably around 10, maybe not that many but they only did one TV taping ever. And then they played it on, it was on a local cable channel, just a community channel in Calgary channel 10. And they played that same TV taping like every week for months and months, it seemed like. (laughs) And for a lot of it, you can see me in the front row. And I, I remember I chose to wear a club Monaco sweater. I think that's maybe the same. I don't know, is that an American thing too, or is it just a Canadian brand? 
Um, it might be a Canadian brand. Yeah, I think just Canadian. But anyway, Club Monaco sweaters in Canada in the 80s and 90s were very popular. Um, different colors. Everybody had a different color. Mine was white. But yeah, I just know that <laughs> for I was immortalized um, on Canadian wrestling uh, on TV wearing a Club Monaco, white Club Monaco sweater. That was my... Oh, Monaco is still around. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. It's still Owned around. By, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Owned by Ralph Lauren. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's kind of like a... Like a, like a yuppie kind of you know that sort of style of dress um but yeah in the 80s and 90s it was in canada it was the sweaters in particular were super popular and ubiquitous <laughs> look at this <laughs> Oh, great. Yeah, Saint was was really good. Oh, uh, in the ropes. <laughs> oh, here's your first heel move. Yeah. That's got to be a pin here. <laughs> suppose you really can't break up a pin if the referee never gets down on the crown to count <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean i don't even know if that's something you saw in tag matches in england with uh one guy breaking up a pin for his partner i don't even Mm -hmm. Yeah, because there, one of the barons was shaking the ref, was you know slightly off camera. Mm -hmm. Of course, in England, you had the cards, yeah, the penalty system essentially, where you'd get um, warnings. They were called public warnings, not not cards. In in <laughs> Calgary, they they became uh, this. Uh, Bruce Hart was influenced by World of Sport, and he introduced the. The card system, which was also like from taken from soccer, but um, yellow cards, yeah. yeah, yellow cards, and then a red card was a disqualification, and a black card was a suspension. That was the most rare and rarely you ever saw someone get a black card. But um, in England, yeah, there were it was public warnings, and you had if you got I think two public warnings, or you'll get two public warnings, and then the last time you'd get disqualified. Oof. Yeah, it doesn't look comfortable when they miss with no. those high cross bodies. Yeah, no. like, I'm sure that's not a back has, bump. Yeah, the ring was probably hard to smoke. Oh. <laughs> Stop. I think my only negative with this match is that there's, and this is just probably years and years and years of like Southern style tags that, that we're right. accustomed to is that there's not as much of a flow. Yeah. There's not been much of a, of an imperil sequence or anything like no, that. No, exactly. No, you're not going to get the face in peril. You're not going to get a hot tag. Really. You're not going to get a, 
House of Fire. Mm. Still, though, it's pretty, pretty fun because they're now struggling to get someone to get the decisive pinfall because they're running out of time, as Walton has been saying. Yeah. And the speed's really picked up, too. Yeah. No. Think we're out of time. No? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, announcer stating how this is really rare. Yeah. To have a tag team match go to a draw. Yeah. Interesting. And then, yeah, all hugs afterwards. So pretty clean match. The Barons definitely healed it up a little bit. And just with their name and the, the clothing they wore to the ring. Uh, yeah. And they look, just their faces too, look heelish, um, natural heels. But uh, like I said, it's just a different style of wrestling. You're not going to get the outrageous heel tactics okay so what were your thoughts on that one steve thumbs up oh it's enjoyable yeah thumbs up for sure Uh, yeah quick quick pace uh lots of innovative moves stuff that we've you know seen a little bit of but Mm -hmm. uh nowadays like kind of co-opted in a way um yeah like a claudio uh you know a cesaro cocabana you'll Mm -hmm. occasionally see some of the Mm -hmm. some of those spots but not a whole match of it and yeah. some good pinfall reverse sequences, a couple cool power moves. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and Saint definitely, I think was the star of the match. He stood out and he was, yeah, he was uh, being featured. Um, he got yeah. like more of the, the shines and the, than the spots to make him look good. And he was featured quite a bit on, um, on TV over the years. That's how it was. You know, it was a, a a show. It was, I guess, every week. And, but it would be from different locations. There was literally, it seemed like, dozens upon dozens of different halls where they uh, filmed from. And some wrestlers would only make it to TV a couple times in a career that lasted 20 years, right? It was, the TV time was very precious. And certain wrestlers got a lot of TV time. And Saint was definitely one in the 70s anyway, got a lot of TV time because there's a lot of his matches available on YouTube. And yeah, there was a, a bunch of other guys that you would see a lot. And then there were some guys you would hardly ever see at all on TV. And I think the match we're about to watch with these two individuals, I think these were two guys that didn't make it to TV too much over the years. But um, they're both pretty highly regarded, actually. The first man, Tybor Zakax, I I think that's how you pronounce his name. Yeah, it's Hungarian. <laughs> yes, he's yeah, he was of Hungarian descent. He came over. He left Hungary in 1956. When, um, if you know your history, that was the year there was kind of a attempted revolution in Hungary. They were kind of uh, rebelling against communist rule that had been implemented after World War II. And the Russians had to come in and and put that down. 
and a lot of people, a lot of uh, Hungarians left at that time. And uh, Tibor was one of them. He, I don't know, his, I, he was an officer in the Hungarian army, or not an officer, but he was in the, the, the Hungarian army. And I'm not sure when he got into pro wrestling, but he, it wasn't long, I think, after he came to England that he, he got in with uh, different promotions and, and started around 1956-57, I believe. And this match is from 74. I think he was born in, I want to say 1928. So that would make him 45 or so here, 45, 46. And he didn't live to be very old. He died in 1981. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so only 53. And his opponent, Terry Rudge, I don't know a ton about him. Um... Of course, I'll go back to Otani's jacket again. These are two of Otani's jacket absolute faves. He, in different posts on PWO that I read this morning, called each man a wrestling god. So, wow, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like uh, Sakax is is like it wouldn't if it wasn't for Otani's jacket, Sakax would be even more unknown because he was someone that uh, Otani's jacket really pimped. Terry Rudge, he loves. In the German footage that I mentioned that he's been going through lately from the 80s, Terry Rudge was there, and, and there's a ton of Terry Rudge matches, and he's, he's really um, loving it because Rudge is one of his all-time faves. So two wrestling gods here. Uh, I believe they were both heavyweights. Uh, Zakax definitely was a heavyweight. Sometimes they would do um, catchweight bouts, as they were known, where it would be guys from different weight classes mixing uh, or wrestling each other. So this, uh, but it looks like uh, just from the clip here, the the screen before we start, that they're both pretty big. So I think both these guys were heavyweights. And Rudge wrestling in Germany in the 80s would have had to have been a heavyweight because they were all big dudes, pretty much, it seems like, in Germany. So this is a heavyweight match. So this will be maybe a bit different than the previous match. I know Zakax has a reputation as being one of the all-time great mat workers. Um, uh, Otani's jacket compared him to Volkan, if you know uh, that wrestler. He was, mm -hmm. yeah, he was a shoot style guy. Shoot style, yeah, like a rings type, UWFI type guy. Yeah, yeah, in the '90s, uh, someone that a lot of uh, hardcore wrestling fans really like as a guy that was like one of the most skilled at making wrestling look like a legitimate contest, I guess would be one way of describing Volkan. I'm not very familiar with him at all, but I know he's a guy that a lot of people um, love if you're really into serious shoot style wrestling. So yeah, we're maybe going to see some real serious stuff here. This one's 18 minutes. This is from the date on the video is April 9th or April 18th, 1974. Although the uploader, I think, comments somewhere that it, they may have the date wrong, maybe a week later or a month later or something like that. So around, yeah, 1974, so a couple of years after the previous match. And, uh, well, let's get right into it. And on go. Three, two, one, go. So Rudge was billed as 216 pounds from where I'm seeing on cage match. And he also had a ton of 
out in the 70s in New Japan. Hmm. Uh, 73, 76, 77, ton of 77 that's listed, even mm. tagging with Andre a couple times. Oh, wow. That's cool. I didn't know that. Tibor Zakax. Sounds like a NXT name. <laughs> yeah. Like a... yeah. <laughs> I know. It's funny how they have like weirdly, you know, difficult to pronounce uh, names. <laughs> well, the announcer called him the one and only Tibor Zakax, too. So that denotes a lot of respect for the man. Rudge is interesting enough when I when I first looked when I first looked at Tibor, looked him up. Uh, a Hungarian actor came up, so mm. not not the one and only Tibor Zakic, but <laughs> the first Tibor Zakic. <laughs> okay, so it's like uh, John Smith in Hungary. <laughs> yes. yeah, the actor came later. Super common name. Okay. Wow. So I read that uh, Rudge is in red here and Zach yeah. is in black. Yes. Yeah. I would say the balding one, but all three, including the ref, are <laughs> yeah. have virtually the same hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ugh, and the ref is in a kind of an ill-advised shirt, too tight shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Not very flattering. And yeah, this is one of the halls where the lights are always turned down. I don't know if it's always the same hall, but I've seen various matches over the years where it's it's very, very dark. You can barely see any of the crowd. Oh. Oh, we got a headbutt. Threw a little headbutt in there. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's see. Tyvor, he's Tivor, he's got a rep for being Pretty shoot style and and legit. So we're gonna probably see some stiff stuff. Another super lean guy. Yeah. The taller. Rudges. Like we said, a little more of a heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's definitely yeah thick, stocky. But yeah, Tybor's he's tall, uh, but he's definitely. He wouldn't strike you as someone who is obviously a heavyweight. Mm-hmm. But heavyweights, I'm guessing, in England would have been the strict, like anyone over 190 pounds would have been a heavyweight. Maybe 200, I'm not sure. Cravat by Rudge. Yeah, I was just thinking, oh, very interesting that Chris Hero picked this one because mm-hmm. he's right. well known for doing moves out of the cravat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and Hero love, loves uh, William Regal. Mm-hmm. Of course, huge respect. Nice. And they even had a program in NXT years and years ago. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, one of the last programs that Regal did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Speaking of Regal, who's a good chance to get a plug in here, our next episode of Main Event, it's my turn to 
choose matches to review for the greatest WCW project. And so I picked the five Queensbury Cup matches between Ric Flair and mm. Steven Regal that were on oh, that's awesome. I think worldwide. Yeah. yeah. I just vaguely remember it from my childhood. I think I can't even recall the year. I'm guessing it like 91. Uh, no, it was uh, 90. 94. It was, yeah, I think it was early 94. That would make sense because that was 93, 94 is when Regal got a little bit bigger than Hogan came in. Yeah, or though it could have been 93 too. I can't remember if Flair was the the WCW champion at that point or not. But I, I definitely remember listening to those shows because that was, yeah, it was before I finally convinced my dad to get TBS. So I could only watch mm-hmm. the scrambled version <laughs> where you can, yes, yes. you got the audio, but of course the picture was scrambled, but I would watch those. It was uh, literally a couple of years. I would just watch um, or listen to uh, WCW shows. Um, so I, I know I at least listened to those matches. I'm not sure if I watched them or not, but I remember them because there was something that was um, totally unlike a WWF style um, yeah, of presentation of wrestling, right? The Queensberry rules and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I loved Regal just, yeah. Even when I could only <laughs> listen <laughs> to his uh, wrestling, I, I thought he was uh, really fun. Um, a great character. And around one here. Yeah. Not much action, just kind of a lot of feeling out, but yeah. They're throwing a little bit of shoulder blocks and stuff afterwards. That T-Roll looks like a badass. He looks scary. <laughs> yeah, he does. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Look at <laughs> him. Like a... Oh, yeah. He looks like Angry Bor- man. Boris Karloff almost. <laughs> He's got a, <laughs> that face. I mean, um, my old podcasting par of that's what he would call a hard man. Someone that's <laughs> uh, lived a, a hard life. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, no, he's that's a great, great look. Perfect uh, as someone who's a, you know, a serious wrestling expert that you can, um, you know, picture him having like all these crazy uh, wrestling uh, matches in you know, basements and stuff or <laughs> underground sort of grappling clubs or something. I don't know. Reg again working that cravat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Reg was very relatively young at this point. I'm not. I don't know his date of birth. It looks like there's some matches from him up to '91 still in Germany. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's some match with him in Regal from '88. And he wrestled in UWF for a while too in the mid nineties. Mm, wow. I probably I might have even seen a match of his back in the day. I think I had a my roommate had like a an Akira Maeda uh UWF tape. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. Those late 90s uh, wrestling video games really opened up a lot of people to tape trading, I think. Oh, okay. That's how you got into it? Yeah. I mean, that's how 
part of the reason why I know who Volkan was mm. and I've seen some of his stuff. And then same thing with Maida. That's just like starting it was the VH ta- VHS tape version of a YouTube rabbit hole. It was just a much longer turnaround time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I got into buying tapes for ECW because there was really no other mm-hmm. way of seeing it sure. um, until the TNN show started. And that was the beginning of the end, basically. So, yeah, I bought quite a few ECW tapes. And I knew, like, you would get those preview uh, clips at the beginning or the end of the mm-hmm. tape. So that would show you stuff from Japan. And it, it looked you know, so interesting, but I never, I never went any further at that time. It wasn't until many, many years later, basically with YouTube that I started to explore Japanese wrestling and, and you know, stuff like that. Yeah, this is pretty close to the vest stuff. (laughs) <laughs> Pretty smooth, though. Yeah, it's almost like a, it's almost like a golf announcer. Yeah, <laughs> it's very, very hushed. Yeah, the mask. Little giggle here. Oh, look at that! Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, he's he's definitely. <laughs> Usually very calm, but that makes it um, more, even more special when something really um, exciting happens or something crazy happens. Then he suddenly comes to life. But no, he's, yeah, totally just your calm sports announcer. This is all very serious. All, yeah, totally legit. I'm ready for T-Board to pop him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rudge is definitely a big boy by all the sports standards. Can't get my rain wrapped around the count. Yeah, me too. to say the same thing. Because he was down there for at least three regular seconds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. It seems arbitrary when the referee decides to oh. finally start counting. Reg's corner man. Oof. <laughs> yeah. He's got a fly away, <laughs> soaking through his dress shirt. <laughs> T-Boards guy has like the same kind of yeah. outfit that they had the, the first match we saw. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so nobody has won a fall yet, correct? Yeah, I don't think so. I, I It's been pretty – I mean, Rudge might have been a little bit ahead on, on my scorecard I'm keeping here at home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a tight contest here. Yeah. 
I would not want this move the Scrivat put on me <laughs> legitimately. Yeah, no. Yeah, it keeps going back to it. <laughs> Clear delineation between the two weight class that we watched. Oh, yeah. They're very... Yeah, it's night and day. <laughs> that was the first sort of big spot of the match almost. Nope. Okay, yeah, now it turns fire. Huh? Yeah, maybe we're going to get a little heated now. I hear some talk like over the years that it's like everything old comes around again. Mm -hmm. You know, okay, people don't throw punches like they used to say, you know, like in Memphis or in the 80s, yeah, yeah. 90s. And like they just throw these elbows and forearms like in Japan and some of the, you know, mm -hmm. AW and the Indies. But I mean, no one's throwing a punch in here. Like they're throwing elbows, no. they're throwing chops. Mm -hmm. It's not like this is some sort of new thing that's popped up. No. Yeah, no, this is a basically in the confines of pro wrestling, this is a strict wrestling match. No need for yeah. for fists. These guys, you know, just respect each other, just want to be the better wrestler. <laughs> Tibor looks tired. <laughs> yeah. Just like God. I've been doing this for twenty plus years. I'm just uh, I don't know. I'm a refugee. <laughs> I'm hungry. Yeah. These lights are hot. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Brief flurry. <laughs> Needed a ref to help him in the ring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some uppercuts. There we go. Uppercut exchange. Oof. Yay! Boo! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah. That'd be horrible. <laughs> well, the crowd's starting to sort of scream and shout at a few different things. So much of watching this for me, part of the joy is seeing stuff like in the crowd or mm -hmm. seeing the presentation. And in both matches, the the televisions at ringside, you know, the monitors, mm -hmm. they've been wrapped in like some sort of homemade mattress protection system that yeah. they've got going. Yeah, yeah. I've been wondering like, about that myself. <laughs> styrofoam, you, you can see the tape on it. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Right there, yeah, I know. I guess I mean expensive equipment. Didn't want to break it. Oh yes, <laughs> especially at this time. Let's yeah, precious stuff. 
even these days, like if I watch current product, I see them like take apart the uh, announce tables. Like, geez, be careful of the microphones and the tablets. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, especially at WWE, it's like, well, we don't care. I was buy a new one. Yeah. It's breaking stuff constantly. What a horrible waste of money. <laughs> and if that was my tablet, I'd be, <laughs> I don't want to have to put the new passwords in. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. So we're going to have, ooh, middle. So that was the end of the testy. third round. Third round. Butted heads and Rudge gave Tybora of a headbutt at the end of the round. So are we going to have two consecutive draws or are we going to get a, a de- decisive winner here? Yeah, it feels like this. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know if this is going to have a winner or not. This is getting ugly here. Mm-hmm. Fight's on. Yeah. Have a hot climax here, maybe. <laughs> Tybor just, you know, works at his own speed. <laughs> yeah, Rudge is definitely, like you said, it's ahead on points. Mm-hmm. Just throwing in the elbows now. Mm-hmm. Uppercut. <laughs> Can he put the old Hungarian away? Oh, is this going to be as well? Oh, that's all it took. Basically a hip toss into a pin. Nothing flashy about yeah, that. Like a judo throw kind of. <laughs> yeah. Caught him up. I thought, I, you know, they had me for a second. I thought that Terry was going to knock him out. Yeah. Well, they teased, yeah, they teased yeah, it. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I thought Tiber was going to win eventually just based on his reputation. But yeah, it was interesting. Definitely came out of nowhere. That finish, <laughs> and yeah, talk about talk about you know striking difference from modern wrestling. That is like okay, <laughs> we you need uh, ten pilot Canadian destroyers and all kinds of crazy crap uh, has to be kicked out of first, and then finally the guy's down. And that pin was as opposed they, to all right. Yeah, that was as simple as it comes. First three rounds. Just go back and forth, <laughs> and fourth yeah. round you got a minute. Yeah, finish it off. Yeah, but I think it was the only. Well, yeah, maybe there was a, a couple of their pinfall attempts, but not really. It was yeah, especially by Tybor. I think that was the only pinfall attempt for him the whole match, and he won it. Um, yeah, totally different style, <laughs> um, totally different era. I like the tag match better but the the heavyweight match was interesting too i definitely wouldn't mind seeing more of of tybor he seems like a interesting wrestler definitely a unique presence to him um and uh terry rudge yeah he he looks good too but it was okay 
Yeah. It's a. Tiber's my guy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm more into Tiber too. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, you can't really make too many conclusions based off of one match, but um, yeah, that was was interesting stuff. That's our typical roll the dice um, matches where we don't really know too much going in beforehand. We haven't been burned too many times with uh, no. selection. And even the ones that haven't been the, the ones that have been the best have been enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. There's, and it's just the, you know, the historical curiosity factors, exploring things that um, just normally wouldn't. And uh, just, yeah, different eras, different countries, just totally different styles. It's always cool. So yeah, um, any closing thoughts on those two matches, Steve? Oh, I highly recommend the tag match. I would. I, I'm excited to learn that uh, it is Tibor is the correct pronunciation. So you you know the Hungarian history, but I, I got the pronunciation <laughs> right. of the first name down right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm. That's one of my um, uh, weaknesses is is pronouncing um, like foreign names. Not to sound like a total idiot but that's that's always i don't know i was raised by uh rednecks or hillbillies in uh in alberta so that's kind of that's in my blood <laughs> but uh, uh, you, you're, you're dropping knowledge on eastern european refugees <laughs> on this separation war between hungary and russia so uh you got me on that one yeah oh no i know my history but yeah my uh, pronunciation and names <laughs> so it's, uh, i've always been a that's something i've always been kind of uh um self-conscious about anyway yeah, yeah. fun stuff fascinated by the tag match i'd love to see more of that i i've watched a ton of regal footage over the years um both in germany and england and of course like wcw um yeah i'm interested by tibor i do like the uh, the classification of him as a hard man you know who's who's Mm -hmm. seen stuff Mm -hmm. he's seen stuff that we don't want to see uh, (laughs) yeah and i wonder how legit how legit winded he was in that match oh yeah i don't know i mean yeah, he also strikes me as someone that's maybe smoked like three packs of cigarettes a day, you know. <laughs> yes. I don't want to make any, you know, wild accusations, but that's just something that, you know, um, you know that could be possible. So, yeah, that's fun. We'll, we'll definitely revisit England and World of Sports again in the future. There's, um, like I said, a, a ton of potential uh, videos on YouTube. There's... there's Mm-hmm. All kinds. So, yeah. And we could maybe even look, there's some with, you know, like a young Davy boy Smith where he's, he's actually, his name was young David and he's, you know, rail thin. And, um, there's some young dynamite kid. There's even Bret Hart in there, uh, in the early eighties, Owen Hart. When you get to like the mid eighties, there's some footage of him from England um, you have guys like Tiger Mask. He was uh, known as Sammy Lee in in the late 70s in England. There's footage of him out there. Yeah, just guys. And then, of course, your William Regals, your Fit Finleys, guys that uh, would become stars in North America later. So, yeah, there's that. You know, you get to see a lot of these guys when they were very young 
in a um, different um, different environment. So yeah, we'll definitely return to to England uh, in the future. And for next time, I, don't, I was thinking maybe Mexico next. There's, Sounds good. Yeah, there's yeah there's one match in particular I've wanted to see for years that um, that we'll we'll take a look at. But um, yeah, there's other possibilities. We have a an ideas playlist on the go with a bunch of different matches. Um, after we did the the Puerto Rico show last uh, or last time out, I went back and found some more Abby and. Carlos, and then I found um, some other interesting stuff from Puerto Rico, so we'll have to <laughs> go back there. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've added some matches to the to the playlist, so you can check that out. And yeah, there's I, we definitely have to do uh, Joshi, like a full episode of Joshi at some point. Um, we only did that one match right at the beginning, so. That's definitely something to explore. But yeah, I think next time we'll we'll devote an entire episode to Mexican wrestling, some lucha. Oh, and speaking of the the Puerto Rico episode last time, uh, the poster El Bariqua at PWO, whose whose name is Esteban, he filled in a lot of blanks uh, regarding the the Cologne Abbey feud, and in particular that that match that we watched last time. And yeah, basically there's, a, I think it's on PWO in the International House of Combat thread. There's a, a post from him detailing like the history of the, the Carlos Colon Abdullah the Butcher feud, which was, it's really good stuff because um, Alberico Esteban, he's from Puerto Rico. He, he's a huge historian there as far as like knowing um, the in and out of uh, Puerto Rican wrestling history. And he's always, always provided, you know, very valuable posts and and write ups of of the history of Puerto Rican wrestling on on PWO. So yeah, I would I would check that out. Now I, I I'll put the um, I'll put a video out there. It's um, uh, it's of Carlos in it, in it, like recovering from the ammonia in the eyes. I don't know if you saw that, <laughs> Steve, where he's got bandages and um, Invader yes. One. Invader One is at his bedside with a young um, Carlito. And uh, he, it's, it's great, especially like Invader One's like fiery pledge that Abdullah is going to pay for what he did. Um, it's, it's, it's really crazy. But I'll, uh, I'll throw out a link to that. And... Um, yeah, so thanks, El Bariqua, for your comments, and he's been enjoying the show. So, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's good to hear. Yeah, it's always great to hear. I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed his uh, shows that he's done through mm-hmm. the years. Yeah, yeah. God, yes. God only knows how many years ago it has been at this point. It could be two, it could be ten. Who's to really say? Yeah, I think it's been, yeah, at least five. It's Yeah, I know the last few years, it's just everything's gone so fast. But, yeah, he was... For a long time, he was um, contributing to the, the WWE pay-per-view reviews that uh, Will was hosting back in the day um, with a whole bunch of people at one point, a whole bunch of uh, PWO posters. Yeah. All right. Well, that was, that was another fun time. And so any plugs, Steve, for you this week? Uh, sure. Um, 
did last wow, last week we did mid event it was our 150th episode oh, wow. so that's pretty cool uh, we first half of the show was pretty much just like how the heck do you cover current wrestling at this point in time of <laughs> yeah. uh, some more like a philosophical discussion um, and we we're starting to see some stuff come back so uh, New Japan wrestling is going to start back up next week. And second half, we made it through another milestone, the last 2002 TNA show of the year. <laughs> we made it through six months, 26 episodes of wow. TNA. And uh, yeah, we're into some sports entertainment extreme. <laughs> it's basically in two weeks, an entire NWO-sized uh, faction formed with about 10 people in it. So it's interesting. Next week, I know we are going to be looking, as I said, at the um, Flair Regal series. And then I'm also <laughs> going to be doing a fourth episode of The Darkest Timeline with Nate Milton on the Kings of Sport. Um, I believe we're having some of his co-hosts on from the Black Lightning podcast. He, he's done a couple. There's like a DC Universe podcast series. I think it, uh, oh, yeah. not sponsored by DC. <laughs> and the real cool thing about that is that within this past week, uh, Nerdist, the website, made a list of the, I think, like top 15 podcasts, like geek culture podcasts run by uh, black podcasters. And Nate's Black Lightning podcast made the list. So oh, really great. cool honor for him. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, we'll be taping that this week and it should be up on the Kings of Sport. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Nate's great. <laughs> Such a charismatic guy. Um, yeah. That's, it's, yeah, it's incredible. That's awesome. Uh, all right. Yeah, well, for me, uh, Worldcast coming up this Monday, we are going to be talking about David Von Erich. It's the the episode of Worldcast or World Class where um, they did a tribute to David who passed away in our timeline a few weeks previous. So we're going to be going over that and it's a, for some of a, somewhat of a controversial episode with how mm -hmm. the death was handled. And of course we're getting now into, yeah, the, the, the darker years for uh, world-class unfortunately. So yeah, we'll have a lot to talk about with David Von Erich. I think we'll, we'll probably talk about Mr. Wrestling too who passed away mm -hmm. just yesterday and yeah, someone I've always, uh, I've always liked and we'll have a few things to say, I'm sure about the passing of Mr. Wrestling too. And, and, you know, discuss what kind of wrestler he was and how important he was to wrestling history. And yeah, there's also mystery Titans theater that's on YouTube with uh, myself and Johnny and Travis. And we're doing, 1980s WWF cards and we th did three from Boston from the Boston Garden now we're doing three from MSG and we did the, the, the first MSG show last time that was uh, the December 84 MSG show which is actually a legit very good card maybe almost a great card uh with wow. all, yeah with with um you know a great angle famous angle where Captain Lou turns babyface. He gets the record smashed over his head by Roddy Piper. That's been replayed a lot over the years. Cindy Lauper, of course, is sure, there. I remember that. Yeah, so the the rock and wrestling connection that's in full swing. 
uh, great tag match between um, Adrian Adonis and Dick Murdoch against the Briscoe brothers. That's like a easy four star match. Just lots of really good stuff on that card, and that, it's rare for if you've watched um, house shows, WWF house shows from the eighties. There's often you'll get two, you know, maybe if you're lucky three watchable matches but otherwise there's a lot of crap on (laughs) so this was this was actually a really good one so we'll be doing that every couple weeks and yeah that's about it so okay like i said next time likely we'll be doing mexico on international house of combat and we'll see you guys next time bye bye